everybody. Welcome to Creepy Club. I'm Rissa. I'm Heidi. And this is the premiere podcast for all things creepy, spooky, scary, ooky. <laughs> and we have a special guest in studio with us today. Say hello, Kevin. Hello. <laughs> or as I like to call him, Parrot Man. Parrot Man. <laughs> it you, sounds like a superhero. If you saw the parrot on our Instagram feed, Kevin is his owner and also my boyfriend. I think that would be a super duper awesome superhero parrot man (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm into it like what kind of powers would parrot man have strong beak talons of (laughs) talons of death so basically what a parrot has makes sense yeah i watch a lot of vet shows parrots will fuck you up yeah for real yeah i'm afraid of paco i'm terrified of them (laughs) that's smart (laughs) we gotta get cuddled up Gross. There's mic. so much like teenage gooey love. Yeah. Yuck. Um, so happy Halloween, everyone. This is our Halloween special. <gasps> Woo! All Hallows Eve. Yeah. And uh and uh, for all you Catholics, don't forget to go to church tomorrow because it's all Saints Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like well, I think you about this... that earlier today. I was like, way to go, Pope, ruining Halloween. Yeah. Ruin the pagan festival. Yeah. Sawin. Mm-hmm. Um and what was I gonna say? Well, we've had Just some out of my head. We've had some uh Halloween themed adventures I think we were gonna talk about. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about that piece of paper. Okay. So mm, several hours ago mm-hmm. I gave you a piece of paper. It's orange. Do not open it. Okay, I'm not opening it. Because in a little bit, not right now, because I forgot that if I was going to do this thing, I needed to have something ready, and I don't. Oh. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna come back to that. We're not gonna circle back because that's the worst phrase in history. Oh no! Uh, we're not circling any wagons either. Um, you know how much I love corporate speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so we'll get back to that in a bit. But I wrote a message for Rissa on a post-it note and folded it up and gave it to her three, four hours ago. I can confirm. I am going to predict. I predicted already, actually, what she's going to tell me. I'm going to ask her a series of questions and her answer will be on that piece of paper. We've got Penny in the podcast studio today. Oh, God. It is Halloween. So the demon's here. So Penny lost a tooth recently. <gasps> Penny? Are we going to put it in, like, I don't I'm know. I'm definitely are we getting keeping it, it and putting it in a vial and wearing it around Let's my get neck. it mounted. <laughs> it's so little. <laughs> that would be the best mounting ever. Yeah. So well, I don't know what happened, but her she was she ran in my room and was pawing at her face. And I was like, oh, no, what's wrong? And then her tooth just popped out. Maybe she has extra teeth like she has extra toes. I mean, it's one of her canine teeth. She doesn't need it. They don't really yeah. chew their food. Did you know that? No. They don't like, they mostly just like mush it up with the inside of their mouth. Uh. I know this because Mr. Wobbs, my my kitty that had all the special needs, um, he had like two teeth and he yeah. ate dry cat food. Yeah. Okay. You little lovebirds. I think that microphone needs to be more middle or he, he just needs to lean in <laughs> kevin you i need, will 
Parrot man, you need to scoot in. Sorry, oh. Penny. Sorry, Penny. She's going to lose more teeth. Well, long story short, the, I took her to the vet, and the vet thinks she's fine. So, Oh, shit, girl, you could have called me. How much did you give the vet? Well, I paid for, like, her shots. She needed to go anyway, so. Oh, okay, so you didn't pay extra? Right. I was going to say, because if that happens again, whatever you were going to spend, just give it to me, and I'll be like, she's fine. <laughs> all right. <laughs> she didn't need all those teeth. All right, so Heidi and I just got back from our creepy club meetup at the Campbell House. Super, really fun, and we bumped into two fellow creepy club book club members and good friends mm -hmm. uh chris and megan yeah yeah that was good and three members of creepy club came yes we had and a a prior guest right we had the if you listen back to the episode called interview with the medium Teresa came and that was then... my soda not a ghost <laughs> and my mother and father also came Yes, who I lied to the docent at the door who was going to try and make me be in another group. Yeah. He said, oh, and your dad was standing right there. And I was like, oh, hi. hi. And he said, oh, are you with those people? I said, yeah, that's my dad. He <laughs> said, oh, okay, go ahead, go through. Yeah. And I was like, what's up, Papa Don? <laughs> I love your dad. So, but, I mean, our dad, because he did officially adopt me. He forgot to tell your mom until after right. he made she, it official. So it was a little bit of a surprise, that, yeah. but um, I feel like she's okay with it. Yeah, no, yeah, she's fine. She's, I'm in the fold. Yeah. So, what did you think of the tour? I thought, I thought a few things. I'm going to do a bullet list. Okay. Okay. One. The house is gorgeous. Agreed. It's very Downton Abbey. Agreed. Um, I... But like American Downton Abbey. It's like... Oh, yeah. It's a yeah. little more tacky than... Yeah, more what you red would see velvet in the than yeah. you would see in Downton Abbey, for sure. Because yeah, yeah. they love their... Um, they love their gray and navy palette. <laughs> Na gray, navy, and cream palette in the down And like, you know... A little burgundy if they're getting crazy this was a little more colorful like weren't yeah, some of the totally. drapes like more of a cardinal red yeah yeah anyway so but very beautiful not i mean i would not want to live with those kind of objects but i can appreciate what they are right uh the furniture looked hideously uncomfortable i what i what fascinated me was like all of it was original and they had all the original receipts for all the furniture that was purchased so in the house. Was it original too? Uh, early 1900, late 1800s, early 1900s yeah, is when the family like lived there. Victorian era. Yeah. Yeah. Civil War century. Yeah. I'm really bad with dates. I am too. I was just <laughs> going to say, like, I know, yeah, it was, I know they said late 1800 something at one point and something at another time about the depression. So I think that's, our range is fairly accurate. Mm -hmm. yeah, and then what's the history of the house? So what, what brought everyone uh, Mr. Campbell, who was from Ireland, uh, he was into fur trading 
and he had some Native American friends. I thought it was kind of strange that it their displays said, like, what was his name? William Campbell, was that right? Or Scott Crap. I forget what his first name. Anyway, in one section they had a little kind of mini museum and it had, you know, so and so Campbell and the Indians. And I was like <laughs> I didn't uh, notice that, but yeah. Yeah, I was like I up. thought we had gotten to the point where we could distinguish the difference between Indian and Native American. But I guess not. So that was, I guess, mildly disappointing in that regard because he had Native American friends. Yeah. I just thought, I was like, that's maybe not the most respectful sign. You should perhaps consider a different sign. Um, there were the Morning Society people that were there. Their costumes were fantastic. Yeah, very good. Very good. I made one very nice lady very nervous by taking her picture. <laughs> I felt a little bad. It got a little awkward. And then she very kindly apologized for making it awkward. So, um... I, uh... I was sort of expecting a lot more morning stuff. We got instead... I think we got way more history about the house than I was expecting. I was more expecting, like, a whole thing about funerary customs, which we got a little bit of. And we got some... Agreed. We got some nice uh, info about, like, medical procedures back then. That was super cool. I'm gonna yeah. post... I took a video of the leeches. Nice. And they had uh, real leeches. In a jar labeled leeches. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um I it was kind of hard to read. Shot. Yeah. I would have taken a picture, but I don't I think because the way because it was written so large and the jar was not the letters were very large for the size of the jar, so there was no way to take a picture where you could see the whole word. So it would have been like each Right. You know. Um, so and I, I was opted out of the picture, but I did take a video of the leeches swimming because it was super weird and cool. It was weird. Um, I was expecting a lot more, like, black everywhere. Like, they kind of had draped black cloths kind of hap haphazardly over mirrors and statues, but not, like, every mirror in the house. I was kind of expecting the whole house to be, like, converted into a funeral I, I mean, thought they so had, too. They had a coffin in the in the parlor where they were. Yes, had we did go funeral. to attend his funeral. Yeah, Scott Campbell. Damn it, that's gonna drive me nuts. So this place was a funeral home. No, no. it's a <laughs> it was a family home of okay. the Campbells, and uh, they but back then they had funerals in the home, so they had a parlor, and that's where they had the well wake. at. At the time that the Campbell family lived there, during the Victorian era, it was the custom of everyone to have a wake in the home. So the Mourning Society, which does historical reenactments of, um, I guess, historical reenactments around mourning and death, and, uh, but in a very heavily historical context. Right. Um, they were the docents for the tour. So they were all, so instead of it being just a tour of the Campbell house, it was 
the idea, you know, was that they were leading the tour. So I thought there there would be more content in the tour that was related to that topic. Right. Okay. And but it was so, I mean, it was interesting. The only downside for me, there was a whole bunch of stairs and my knee was hurting real bad yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. That I and, did not like. Well, and there were two guys from the Bell Fountain Cemetery. Correct. And they got a little snippy with me because I mentioned ghosts and they were like, we don't do that. We don't we do not do ghost tours. It would be disrespectful to the families. And I was like, what about being respectful to the ghosts? You always root for the ghost. I'm kind yeah, of- Yeah, why not? It's fun. It's magical. Well, does nobody want to experience joy? They're obviously a bunch of killjoys. Yeah, that guy was a killjoy for sure. And he loved every second of it, shutting me down, slam dunk. I do think he maybe enjoyed it a little bit. I'm not going to lie about yeah, that did part. Yeah, you see I his nose be in the air? I do, however, think he was very sincere in saying that the reason for... I mean, Bell Fountain Cemetery is gorgeous. I get it. I get it. You know, I think he was very sincere in saying that they don't do those types of things out of respect for the families who have people interned there. So that I get. As someone who doesn't is not so serious about death, I'm like, oh, it's kind of a buzzkill. But I also get it. They're sort of more museum kind of people, and I'm more like bowling alley, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. I'm just a little more casual mm-hmm. about, I'm more bowling alley about death. They're, mm-hmm. they're like, uh, yeah. So I... High tea. I appreciated seeing the house, and I appreciated some of the history of the house. I think I would have rather like attended like a full lecture about... Victorian death customs like by itself rather than be like paraded around this house. Well, the good news is on our next episode, I'm going to talk about that. So you just have to go to the podcast studio, which happens to be located in your house. You don't even have to wear pants. Dope. (laughs) Does it get better than that? Nope. Now, I will deliver the story to you and pants optional. Mm-hmm. You can have whatever snacks you want. Great. That sounds great. Yep. So, do you have anything else to say about the tour? Do you have any um, it was really fun running into Chris and Megan. Yeah. And I think you walked up when Chris was talking about how he's going to sign up for another taxidermy. He's going to give taxidermy a whirl again. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's taxiderming. Tax, what's the verb? Taxidermied? Ta- no, that's past tense. What's wh- If you're like doing taxidermy, is it doing taxidermy? I think you're just like too taxidermy. Say it again. Too taxidermy? I don't know. Yeah. Look this up. I don't know how to conjugate this word. He's no. going to taxidermy a rat. Yes. The, his he's done it before. He's going to stuff he- a rat and then that's just taxidermy. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Well, the best part of this is so... He did it before. He did it before. And Chris is a good friend of mine. And we had gone on a little, like, day adventure, right? Um, And we have a fun, like... We have a mute key. 
acute meet story, me, Chris, and Megan, we met on the bus going to the Women's March in D.C. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, anyway, it's like mute, mute, meet, cute, but friend, not couple. Right. Yeah. Well, there are a couple. Right. Couple. Are but great. you're not a thruple. No. There's no thruppling. I can barely handle being a couple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... I have, I, I have friends and know people who are polyamorous, and I'm like, it just sounds like a lot of work. Like I'm, do whatever feels right to you, as long as everyone's a consenting adult. It's none of my business. Right. So, but anyway, I'm like, it just sounds exhausting. So, but he's done a rat before, and apparently he accidentally cut the lips off. Well, and so we had gone on this outing, and we were having lunch at a Mexican restaurant, and I was mid eating a giant wad of tortilla chips because if there's only one food left on the planet if i could only have one food it would be tortilla chips and so if i go and there's tortilla chips available i eat them at like warp speed just shoveling them in right. a full mouth for savage style chewing my tortilla chips and he's telling me about his taxidermy class. And with the most serious look on his face, just casually says, but I accidentally cut off its lips and I sprayed him with tortilla <laughs> chips. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's good. And then when he was done, Megan wouldn't let it have, let him have it in the house. So it was in the garage for a really long time. And she's like, every time I go out there, I forget it's there. And then this fucking stuffed rat with no lips why do you choose the rat though i think because it was like not super small go with the squirrel go with something that's not a rat of all things i don't know i don't i don't think that squirrels are vastly cuter than rats and then they got fluffy tails Meh. okay agreed rat tails are kind of how do you yuck. but how do you like wouldn't the hair fall off of the squirrel tail are there are there taxidermy squirrels? Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. There's yeah. fucking taxidermied everything. Your dad has a taxidermy squirrel. I mean, he was going to. He never got the white squirrel that he wanted. <gasps> yeah, it was messed up. He's a poacher. Oh no! Backyard, middle of the county, <laughs> sitting there with a beer, a cigar, and a pellet gun. Wow. That's all he wanted. Wow. A pellet gun. Ugh. <sighs> If only I had one when I was in college. I don't want to get into that. If I ever meet your dad, we're so, going to talk about hobbies. Oh, Lord. <laughs> about potential hobbies. There's got to be better ones. So, okay. So, I think he's I'm sat gonna, in the bar I'm low. I'm going to move us along. So, <laughs> so, Kevin and I and my parents, we attended a kind of ghost story-like... I, I hesitate to call it a ghost tour of the Botanical Gardens because it was more like a tour with ghost stories. <laughs> and they wanted to make sure you knew it was not a haunted house or a yeah, ghost house. Yeah, they were like, this isn't haunted, but we have a lot of ghost stories. <laughs> so weird. So, um, a lot of it was like history of the gardens, um, which was interesting because I didn't really know the history. And really specifically history of the founder of the gardens. Yeah, Henry Shaw. Who Correct. was who we learned today was a pallbearer for the guys the Robert Campbell is it Robert? I know this is <laughs> can gonna we, can we're we gonna have to look it up. Well, if that's 
the case, we can date this better because if I remember, he died in 1896. Henry Shaw did, so you can date the house a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure all of this information is available on the internet, and we could solve this nope, riddle nope. in seconds. But <laughs> why? Anyway, when we could just yeah wonder about it aloud. Anyway, so. Most of it was about the history of Henry Shaw and the garden and all that stuff. But then they would kind of sprinkle in these, like, rumors of ghost stories about him, like, his ghost coming in. Apparently, he was very particular about his garden. So, like, after he died, his ghost would show up to different, um, like, to the people. head gardener and his... Uh, oh, his housekeeper. Yes, yeah, housekeeper, property manager. And he would be oh, like, fun. Uh, why did you put that tree there or whatever? I have um, to say, he has his gardening taste is above, yeah, above par by a lot. Like everything he did was to a perfection. He had two, uh, what's the word, mausoleums, yeah, built for oh, himself. Yeah. The first one he decided was not good enough because it was made out of limestone and that could eventually, you know, deteriorate. And the top was made out of copper, which would turn green, and he didn't want that to happen. So he built a second mausoleum out of granite. And some other materials. I don't remember what right. else, but so he doesn't like what is that verdigris when the copper yeah. turns green? Mm-hmm. I thought it was oxidation. Well, that's what causes it. But I think the art word is. Verdigris. Yeah, I think I, you're... you're using the sophisticated word. <laughs> We're using those big fancy fancy art we've people a, words. We've got a science nerd over here. Uh, we gotta do. We gotta. Oh, he can. He can help us science out stuff when we're like, I don't know. More, more math Sci- nerd. Sci- oh, my friend Katie <laughs> and I used to have a joke that math was for virgins because <laughs> neither of us can math. <laughs> Which there's absolutely nothing wrong, and we didn't think so then either. It's just that we were both, you know, yeah, kind of wild. So, wild young people and neither of us can do math to and save the, our life on the tour they took us through his house have you been through the house on, and... i have not i usually make a beeline for the japanese gardens when i go there right it's a good call yeah i've been i've walked the whole garden only maybe a couple times because it's actually pretty big right so so, so we we got a tour of the house and in each little spot they would tell us ghost stories, but they were like really insistent that it wasn't a haunted house. They were like, this is a historical house. It's not a haunted house, but and, here's all these ghost stories. And most of the stories they try to actually lead to the, uh, teal. What's the, the following family, the, Oh uh, yeah. It starts with a T. I don't yeah, remember. After uh, Henry Shaw passed away, the next president of the gardens actually lived in that house. And they did a lot of uh, renovation on it because he had four kids versus Henry Shaw who had zero. And, most of the stories they told them there, they they claimed to be of the uh, the kids. They'd be like, they would describe something that would happen, like somebody saw there. There's little um, s- kind of sliding covers that go over the keyholes, and they, if you move it or if you just tap it with your finger, it kind of swings. It's oh like yeah, a, I've seen those before. They're yeah. oval shaped. Yeah, and so they kind of look like a drop earring. The tour guide was like. Yeah, there was somebody that witnessed this thing just moving by itself, the keyhole cover. And she was like, isn't that what a kid would do? And a lot of mysterious <laughs> doors locking on people and just stuff like that. But they kept saying Lots it was of mischief. The they were like, doesn't that sound like a kid? And we're like, I, I, I kind of, it, 
It's but then they would backpedal and be like, but this is a historical yeah, house. Yeah. Often they, they made sure a we little knew it contradictory. Was a historical house and not a haunted house. However, there are presences there, but not. It's kind of like. I don't think they ran this by an attorney because yeah. an attorney would be like, uh, no, you're going to have to modify that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, I think overall it was kind of fun, but. If you like the history of the gardens, it would have been a great tour. Yeah. As a pure ghost tour, you know, there was something left to be desired. Yeah, I agree. All right. So do we want to get into some ghost stories? I have I have a bunch that people have sent in. And I have um, two. Oh, oh yeah. And wait. Kevin has a couple. That's why you're on the podcast, to, to tell your ghost stories. Yeah. Um, or do you want to do your orange piece of paper? Okay, Kevin, you tell your ghost story while I find my instructions. Right. I'll tell one, and we can go to other ones, and I'll come back for another one, then. Okay. Yeah. Give me a little break. I guess the first one I had, uh, when I was about six or seven, my family went to Montana for a family vacation. Upon landing, we uh, had a call from the uh, on the airplane saying, hey, you know, Mr. and Mrs., my family, you know, please... Uh, Come see us when you can. We went up there and we got a call from our, our family saying, hey, your grandmother passed away, my mother's mom. And uh, it was this is pre-cell phone days, if you know, you guys remember those, where you can't just call up. <laughs> they call up the airline and it'd be a whole complicated thing and they get a hold of you. But uh, so my mom flew back for the funeral. My dad stayed with me and my sister in Montana. We had the uh, our family vacation and I missed the funeral. And I always felt a little bit weird about it. And I was young, but I didn't really understand death, obviously. I kind of thought she'd kind of come back, you know. I don't know. When you're six, you don't really understand all that. But about four weeks later, I was laying in bed. And I kind of saw this, like, weird thing out of my doorway. And just kind of felt my grandma's presence. And kind of just heard, it's okay. Like, I felt this guilt for not coming back, even though it wasn't even an option for me. And, like, I didn't really understand what it was. Like, half of me thought it might be a dream. But at the same time, like, I felt my grandma there. So, for me, it was always just, like, a peaceful ghost story. And, uh, I guess an end to what happened. I don't know. Is that the house you live in now you saw it there? Yes. Yes, it was in my, my house there, you know. She'd spent some time there. But, uh, you know, not... She never died there. Nothing bad happened. You say you saw something weird. Can you describe what you saw? It seemed human-like-ish, but like... At that time, I had good vision. It seems like what a human would look like if I had my glasses off currently. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a silhouette. Yeah. A fuzzy silhouette. Yeah, exactly. You know, no, de- no definition uh, to anything, but... Definitely a human-ish figure. And definitely not... I didn't even hear my grandma's voice, but I felt her presence and, like, the internal monologue in my head kind of told me it's okay. It was a very weird experience and almost dreamlike, but I knew I wasn't dreaming. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I kind of passed it off as a dream, and I came to revisit later as not a dream. Right. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, that's good. I think if you're going to have a ghost encounter, it should be either amusing or comforting. Yeah. Not 
no scary stuff. Yes, my other one's very way less comforting, but we can get into that in a little bit. Okay. And I have had, I've had a c- couple experiences in my life where I had that, um, I would say that sort of feeling of kind of spiritual peace. Yeah. And it's different feeling than like psychological peace. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like I never had closure on it, you know, like, as I said, literally my mom went back and she actually came back to our vacation, you know, with us and kind of went back to, you know, think I'd still see my grandma again. I never, like, I heard she was dead, but that was the first family member I had that ever passed away. And to me, it just didn't make sense. Like, she'll still be there eventually. And then that was just kind of a, a fine, my closure to it that helped me get over it and helped me understand, hey. You know, she won't be there anymore, but she's still kind of there for me. Yeah, and I think whether, and you know, well, as the resident semi-skeptic, when people tell me stories like that and I even reflect on my own experiences that are similar, I think whether that actually happened or it was narrative created by my own mind, it generated something for me emotionally that was needed so does it really matter oh completely agree like when we're on the ghost tour they're telling us all these ghost stories i'm like that didn't happen oh i don't believe this but yet i have two of my own ghost stories at the same time you know it's easy to not you know not believe the other stories but when you see and feel it it might not be an actual ghost and like you know what a lot of people consider a ghost it can be your own your own ghost your, Sorry. Your own ghost? I don't know. When she moved my head, I couldn't. I, I stopped thinking for a, a second. A peek behind the curtain here. Kevin and I are sharing a microphone, and I keep trying to get him to speak into the microphone. Oh, boy. <coughs> and I just moved his head, and that threw him for a loop. It, yeah, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry. No, I just, I think about those. Well, Rissa always makes fun of me because she says... For somebody who is such a non-believer, you've had a lot of, like, paranormal experiences. I'm like, yeah, maybe, you know, or maybe not. I I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I can report to you things that I have seen that I can't explain. Do I know for certain that that was, you know, a real um other world experience or just my imagination at work i don't know i don't know that i care yeah so rissa's like no it's a ghost (laughs) it's definitely a ghost she's always rooting for the ghost yeah yeah why not i I don't know i I mean i'm not like i'm not like fun (laughs) i i'm not necessarily against it i'm just not I mean, there has to be a reason. I'm sort of a ghost agnostic. Enough of the similar experiences for something to be true. Like, I don't know if it's exactly like Casper the Friendly Ghost out there and these little white things going around, because, you know, like. But there has to be something out there for enough experiences, I think, to come true. And even if it's just in your own mind and something that your own mind has created, it's there in some world that you've created. Like it exists in some dimension. Yeah. Okay. I accept that. 
I mean, no, to no, me, that's like energy. space. It's just too big for it'll me to this, even wrap my you, head around. You can have this weird energy, like, you know, like, everyone has, like, their own life energy. It can still be around, and you can just, off the vibes of that energy, your mind can create what it needs sometimes. Like, maybe I need it that for my grandma, you know, and maybe that energy was still there, and it came to me, and even if it happened in my own mind, it, it still happened. Yeah, I mean, I think whether reality. you could so is that a scientifically ghost is that not... prove that in in this dimension, per se, you know, like if we could find a way to science that out or not, those particular types of experiences, I think, have value either way, whether you can prove them scientifically or not, because they do provide emotional closure. And so if it makes someone feel comforted to believe that it's true, then okay. I don't like I don't see any harm in that. Yeah, it comes down to I mean religion and everything. It's a lot about the comforting of the afterlife and what's there, you know. Yeah, a lot of people really freak out about death. I mean the Victorians, damn, they really took that shit seriously. I mean the I basis... can't wait to talk about the some of the stuff we heard tonight about the death custom, some of it I knew, some of it I didn't. But I have this sort of like, meh. Not that I don't care that people are, um, you know, live or die. Of course, I want people I care about to live. But I also accept that that is an inevitable conclusion for all beings. <laughs> like, it's going to happen to everybody. I'm not going to spend my whole life fighting against it like that act of resistance everyone wants, wants the comfort of the afterlife and death and what happens you know not I, I shouldn't say everybody but i mean look into all the major religions they all focus on you know an afterlife of some type and a comforting of death and helping people move on helping people accept it you know and for me oh. maybe it could have just been this this encounter was kind of my I guess afterlife experience where I realized, hey, stuff happens. I you say, can move on. if you think that it was a ghost, it's a ghost. Yeah, I win. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was a contest. Me no, either, it's not. It's, it was now. It's not a contest, but usually I'm more You're so competitive. Normally, I would be uh, trying to poke holes in his narrative. Because it'd be like, well, maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. Are we sure? But I'm like, I don't know. It makes them feel good, so. Yeah, I feel like okay. my next story that we can get to where you can more poke holes at. This All right. more like the scary one where I got freaked out. This one, too, oh. like, was more of a, a personal comforting one. Yeah, that was, one was... that was a very nice story. I had, this is a very short story, but I was going through a very difficult time in my life. And I was at an event, and there was a group of people who were, I'm trying to think how to explain what we were doing. <laughs> I don't, well, I... It was an orgy. Right. No, I just don't want to be... Um, were you be, doing drugs? No. No, not at all. <laughs> It's going to well, sound like there was church involved, but there wasn't. Cults. <laughs> it was a cult. No, it wasn't a cult. Um, 
Anyway, so there was a group of us. And oh, I think I know what you're saying. Okay. So we said a prayer together, which, you know, that's not really my deal. But I was going through a really difficult time, and I had this overwhelming, like, all the hairs on my arms stood up. That was Kevin going to the bathroom, not a ghost. My husband closes all doors like that. <laughs> he doesn't, he's just giant and does not know what gentle means when it comes with doors. <laughs> yeah. They all get slammed. Yeah. I'm like, is he mad Well, and about it doesn't something? help that like our doors are like the, the ball bearing kind of door and not the like they're just doorknob door. We live in old houses. Yeah. Everything, nothing, nothing glides smoothly. Right. And also, he, like, doesn't know his own strength. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so it was one of those, like, it felt like every cell in my body was vibrating, and I just had this overwhelming sense of, like, peace and warmth, and, um, there we go again. (laughs) That's like a, I usually, uh, I think my kid is, she's kind of. That's how she opens and closes doors, too. I know a few door slammers that don't know they are. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I'm not. Whatevs, <laughs> dude. The whole, we all the podcast listeners <laughs> can confirm. It's okay. It's okay. My kid is. My husband is. I am not a door slammer. I was fighting off Wadsworth trying to close the door tape. Give me a little credit here. No. It, okay. It's you attacked. Not a criticism, just an observation. It's okay. Anyway, continue your story. Uh, that's the whole story. Oh. Like it's not. It wasn't. Um, there was like a purpose to the activity at that moment. It wasn't something that I normally did. Um, I don't know. It was just kind of an unusual experience. I had this. I very much had that comforting feeling of like things are gonna work out. Like, yeah, you can't see the result at this time, but it's gonna be okay. And like all all the little tiny hairs on my body stood up. I've definitely felt that before. Like when I went through my churchy phase when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like, that feeling of, like, oh, I'm meant to be here and, like, meant to be experiencing this stuff. And at the time, I interpreted it as, like, God or whatever. But looking I don't know back, what I think it it's is. Just, yeah, I think it's just, like, the power of the brain to kind of... I also think that there is some sort of... Now, this is going to make me sound like a goofball, but um, I do think that humans... You know, for all, we're hunks of energy. And if you create a circuit. Yeah. You're making a circle like there's. Yeah, man. Like a vibration. Right, exactly. (laughs) Can somebody cue up the doors? This is the end. Yeah, no, I get pass around, Pass around to Doobie and listen to that four hour song. Oh my god. How it. is this is the end? I was like, this song doesn't ever end. That song <laughs> is titled so poorly. Yeah. I remember my uncle gave me the door CDs. And this is the end was an entire 
outside. Oh, it was a two-disc set <clears throat> with no doors. And yeah, this is the end was on it. It was probably my one whole CD. To give it to me because I was like nine at the time. <laughs> oh my god! And I was like, "What's so bad about this CD?" It wasn't until what years later I uh, understood the rampant drug use. Okay, I feel like that's way over the head of a nine-year-old. You're not gonna pick up on all that stuff. I, I, it right. took me till I was like fifteen. Then yeah, I understood it. But I remember <laughs> that incident. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't think I would have. I, I wouldn't like have figured either. it out. <laughs> Okay, so moving right along. The doors are good, by the way. I'm not anti doors, but that song is so fucking long. Do we want to move on to your activity? Oh, yes, we can move on to my activity. So earlier, I predicted the result. I'm proving to you my psychic power. Okay. Many people acquire this psychic power at slumber parties. Oh, is this a spooky slumber party game? Yes, I don't know if I told you, but earlier today I became psychic. Oh shit! Like yeah, your, like your grandma. Yep, exactly. Like right before I arrived for the Campbell House tour. Yeah, I got psychic. Cool. How do you do that? Uh, well, it starts with a Google search, <laughs> <laughs> and then you write some stuff on a piece of paper and you give it to your friend, and you'll then you. Do what we're about to do right now okay okay so um i'm gonna give you some instructions okay okay so the first thing that i want you to do is to choose a number between one and ten you don't have to tell me what it is okay okay and then multiply by nine. Oh, shit do you need a piece of paper I'm just going to use a calculator. I'm She's terrible. like, I didn't know there was going to be math today. Okay. I feel like I want you to write this down because if you screw it up, it's going to throw the whole thing off. Just, just I want you Kevin number, to uh, check your I'll math. Check it. Just tell me the number. Yeah, so, okay. So okay. Times it by nine. And then. So we get times from, by nine. Oh, we at that? From, yes. Yeah. Okay. You have your result. Now take the two digits of the result and add them together. Okay. I can do that one. Okay. And then from that number, subtract five. Okay. Now take your number and match it up with a letter of the alphabet. For instance, A is one. Gotcha. B is two. Gotcha. C is three. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you, do you know what letter you yeah. have? Yes. Choose a country that begins with that letter. I think it's a country. <laughs> okay. And now pick an animal. Are you cheating? That's a city. He's, he's, no, yeah, he's trying to cheat. Just stick to math. Stay out of geography. Um, pick an animal whose name begins with the last letter of the country name. Okay. All right. And then pick a fruit that begins with the last letter of the animal's name. Okay. Okay, so you know what your country, animal, and fruit. Yeah. Got it? Yeah. All right, open the paper. <laughs> I feel like you're saying Wait, me don't up. open the paper. Tell, oh. me, tell me what it is. Denmark kangaroo orange. Mm-hmm. Now open the paper. Let's go with koala. What does it say? Denmark kangaroo orange. It's pretty impressive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I imagine that the math problem always ends with four, right? Well, because you multiply it by nine. So when you multiply a number between one and nine by nine, you're going to get something that equals nine, nine. if you yeah, add yeah, two yeah. numbers up okay. every time. Yeah. So then when you subtract it by five, you're going to get a D every time. And there's only so many countries that start with D. Learn math. Correct. Are there more than just I said Denmark? Dubai. I don't. I don't. Dubai know is a city. I, that's that's why I do the math. Right. Don't Dubai is definitely a city. I do the math. And that's it. Oh no! Wait. No. Dubai is a country, but Google most it. people choose Denmark. That's why I try. It's to part of the United <laughs> Arab Emirates. Dubai. I think. But United Arab Emirates is a country. Yeah, it's a city, largest and most populous city in the United Arab Emirates. The capital, okay. Well, of the Emirate of Dubai. I'm That's really confusing. I'm tired. I'm mad that I failed on my geography, though. Deduct ten points. <laughs> this week, when I was teaching, countries that start with D is the first <laughs> when you type in countries. Yeah, I so think there's that... Denmark, Djibouti, <laughs> Dom- Domin- Dominica, and Dominican Republic. Yeah, nobody's gonna say that. They're gonna say right. Denmark. They're gonna say Denmark. And then kangaroos, obvious. Right. I mean, An but animal koala, that starts... koala could have been a thing. It's possible, but apparently people tend to choose kangaroo. Yeah, and orange is obvious. Yeah, that's cool. That's a fun little trick. You can yeah, so friends. now everyone has instructions for how to play this trick on your friends. Yeah. So if you didn't know that I had planned to Google this trick... and i just handed you a piece of paper or a sealed envelope with that in there at a party yeah and i was like i'm psychic Mm -hmm. and you're like no way and i'm like i can prove it yeah if you had a couple drinks i could probably make you believe it yeah (laughs) easily yeah yeah i would have to like i couldn't do like two tricks though i I could just do one part though and then i and then i if when you were like that can't be right. Do it again. I'd be like, I'm not a performing bear. Right. <laughs> I'd have to I'd have to televangelist my way out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, that's fun. So you guys want to hear some ghost stories? Yeah, Go I'm ready. It. All right. So let me get back to it. So we had uh three listeners um write in to us about their ghost stories. And this first one comes from Connor. He says, happy, ha- happy Halloween. Newer viewer here. Got into the podcast early October of this year and have been a fan since the first episode. Thank you so much. Bit by bit, I have been catching up and I intend to write a review. Just want to make sure I have all my research done. Well, we appreciate that. That's responsible reviewing. Either <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> that should be a new bumper sticker. Yeah. Either way, I had intended to send the story once I had caught up, but I don't want to miss out on your Halloween special, so here it is. And he says, in parentheses, I included pictures to help with visualizing. Feel free to post them. I mainly did it for Heidi. Smiley face. He knows us so well. I know. Aw, that's so sweet. Yeah. So he says, this is, this is in the house I currently live in. We moved in when I was just starting grade one, so I would have been six. He's, Ooh, is he British? He's 21 now. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Because only Brits say grade one. Mm. I've never heard an American say that. 
I should note that I should note my mother got me interested and open to the supernatural and did feel a presence in the house originally. I don't recall the exact age. Apparently I was five when I first saw her, but I told my mom when I was older. I must have been between eight or ten. It was before my grade six year. I was running up the stairs to go to my room on the second floor when I reached the top of the stairs when I saw a woman in my room. And he says, see picture one slash two. So let me pull that up on the Are you going to display for that you. for me? Yeah. It's not a ghost picture. It's just a picture of um, what part of the room. So this is what Connor was looking at. When he okay. saw when he saw a woman in his room, let me find. I my see a sunbeam. She was wearing what appeared to be a dress, what appeared to be dress pants and a white turtleneck, and was blonde. When I stopped in my tracks, she was looking out my bedroom window. My first thought was that it was someone I knew, but I quickly dismissed that as I didn't know any blonde women. <laughs> Is that a picture or a painting? I think it's parental it wedding like- photo. It looks like a painting. It does look like a painting. It does not look like an actual picture. It's a little bit, It's it looks like a grainy cell phone picture. There's not a lot of like. It looks like a painting. Oh, it's maybe that maybe that is texture. Let's not get hung up on the details that don't oh, matter, right. y'all. So. You're getting into the weeds, Kevin. <laughs> uh, so when she turned to look at me with, when she turned to look at me with red eyes. Ugh, Oh, I don't like Gross. that at all. I, What's course, this human's name again? Connor. Connor, I don't like that for you. I, of course, being a brave five-year-old, ran away straight to my mother. I don't recall exactly what happened following the event. We must have both gone upstairs and she was gone, but I just remember the fear of seeing a stranger in my house. Some time had passed without any other incident. Like most children, I simply didn't overthink the situation too much. Wish I could do that now. One morning, I was getting ready for school. I was on the main floor by myself. My mother and siblings, I have three, were upstairs getting ready. I was about to join them from the living room when I saw a little boy that looked similar to me standing at the entrance to the basement. See photo three. So I guess looking into, this is looking into the basement. Oh, okay. They have a landing. Fancy. Yeah, looks nice. Uh, clearly it was someone else, however. Somehow, I guess someone else besides not Connor. Somehow I had the courage to run past him to go upstairs to the left of the entrance. And again, the follow-up is blurry, but I must have gone downstairs with my mother and everything was clear. The other odd thing that happened with our haunting was the ghost moving objects around the house. We found tons of odds and ends behind the television. Nothing super personal, just small toys. Actually, I messed it up. He says, we found tons of odds and sods. I don't know if that was a typo or if that's a British term. Do you think this person's British? I think our pal Connor's from England. Dope. Yep. Eventually. He's, I I think I called it. Yeah. Eventually, my mother decided to bring in a medium for an evening at the house. She was a part of a paranormal group at the time and arranged to have a a legit one investigate first her friend Pam checked over the house and I described the incidents to her then the ghost group came over one weekend to do their thing myself and my younger brother were removed from the house 
and stayed at a family friend's for the weekend. Honestly, thinking back, it was odd for my father to go along with such a thing, but either he must have believed me or trusted my mother's opinion. Either way, when I returned, I was told the whole tale of the ghost called Crystal. That's interesting. <laughs> That's a, well, a strange name for a ghost. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I agree. Uh, Connor says, note, this is based on what the medium got from the spirit and some research done by us. Crystal lived in the house. Not sure how many owners before us, but she died in the 70s. She was a young adult, 14, I believe. She lived with her parents and younger brother. Apparently, her father was very abusive towards his children. Apparently, there was a closet in the basement where the children were locked in if they were bad. The father also deployed the use of the bathroom tub to teach his children a lesson. I don't know what that means, but and also don't want to know. Crystal apparently, I don't like anything that ends with teach you a lesson. Yeah. Crystal apparently never entered the washroom in the afterlife due to this. Crystal committed suicide eventually. I don't recall if we made this up or, if, or my mom did, but apparently she jumped out of the window breaking her neck, which seems unlucky now. Maybe she hung herself in our room. Either way, my room was her room. And then the parentheses, he says, my mother confirms she hung herself. So I guess he checked in with her later. Her connection with me is quite interesting and only one and one of only love. Apparently, I reminded her of her younger brother, who, to our knowledge, is still alive or was. It was her that created the apparition of the boy on the staircase to show why she was interested in me. Crystal would often watch over me while I slept. Creepy is what <laughs> that was a comment from Connor. Um, Crystal would often watch over me while I slept in parentheses creepy. To protect me, in parentheses, um, slightly less creepy, kind of nice. When I saw her for the first time, the reason why her eyes were red was because she had been crying, which, considering the distance from where I was, where I saw her, makes perfect sense. The medium helped her move on that night, as she didn't know how to move on on her own, finally ending the tragedy that was Crystal's life. When I returned, my room definitely had a different atmosphere, like something sad and trapped had finally moved on. Sometime later, I was alone in the basement when the light fixture bulb flared up and went out. I ran away when it happened, returning a few minutes later. The light was working perfectly as if nothing happened. When I told my mother... She got home and told me it was Crystal's way of saying goodbye. I haven't seen or felt her since. As I've grown older, I've become far more skeptical, but I can't explain my experience away or why I was the only one who saw her. If I was more open, perhaps... If I was more open, perhaps she may have became my guardian angel? I can't really say. When I have told this story, many people believe me, finding it either sad or comforting in a sense, in, a sense, in the way she protected me. For better for, or worse, she showed me that there is something beyond the known world. That's such a sweet story. Um, there's a little bit more. Um, I know it's kind of long, but here we go. Uh, I asked my mother about it, and here's what she had felt slash experienced. Enjoy. Crystal would hang out with me and my third son when he was a baby. I'd come in his room in the middle of the night to feed him, and the Winnie the Pooh lamp that we'd had on for years suddenly would start to flicker on and off. I felt that the house was in was haunted from the time we moved in, so I knew I wasn't alone with the baby. To test my theory, I asked her to stop, it, and it just stopped. Other things she would do would turn on the boys' TV. It's set on a shelf on the wall. 
All I'd hear in the middle of the night was a loud white noise coming from their room. She did that to my mother-in-law too one night in the basement and hasn't happened since. Also, I had to hear somebody pacing back and forth from the upstairs hallway. One time I'd gotten fed up because she was scaring Connor. I asked the presence to give it up. My children were already asleep in a motherly tone to which books came flying off the bookshelves that was beside the bed boy's bedroom door. I actually missed Crystal once we were able to move her on. And that's the end of um, Connor's mother's section. Interesting. Um, the book he, flinging seems aggressive, but everything else right. is like, whatever. Yeah. Um, Connor says, well, I hope you enjoyed it. Sorry it's so long. I have another story about an LGBTQ plus, wait, Q2 plus ghost group that Pam was a part of that was run by a very interesting gay couple. It isn't spooky or creepy, but very gossipy and funny. If you'd like to hear it, let me know. Well, of course we do. I was going to say, why wouldn't we, Connor? <laughs> yeah, just send that in right now and let us know if you're British. Um, aside from that, I want to say thank you for all your work and for the laughs. It's always a good time when I'm with my creepy club. Have a great Halloween. All the best, Connor. Thank you. He's so sweet. Yeah. I adore him. And I'm also feeling really smug about this him being British thing. Yeah. Just for the record. So if I'm wrong, you get to, you have like full license to mock me. Yeah. Because I'm feeling real smug about it. So I have three more stories. They're not nearly as long as that one, but. Um, okay. Because I, I was going to say we are already at an hour. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, these are good. Trust me. Okay. Um, well, and, and also before I. Oh, and Kevin has one more story, too. Right. We're good. We've gone two hours before. This is a Halloween special. Okay, so another listener wrote in. Um, hey, ladies, just listened to your most recent podcast and heard you ask for creepy stories, etc. I don't really have any of those, but I wanted to direct you to my feed. I frequently visit the Bell Fountain Cemetery up on Florissant Avenue. Oh. And take pics of the more elaborate grave markers and mausoleums. Please feel free to use them for any advertising or posts. Not many people appreciate this type of photography, but I find them beautiful and sadly unappreciated. Thanks and enjoy. So this is Sarah Robertson 80 on Instagram. And oh, we'll, we'll put it up Sarah in the show. Is Sarah with or without an H? With an H. Um, and I'll put this up on our show notes so that you can I'm gonna go follow her right now yeah my mom is the one who told me about Bell Fountain Cemetery because when she she has her bachelor's in fine art she was a oil painter uh-huh and when she was taking drawing classes they went to the cemetery to draw the sculpture oh cool so among arty types it's actually well known dupe mm-hmm if you so, like some sculpture. And another listener who is also Brayden, who wrote our intro and outro music, wrote some stories into us as well. Brayden says, I'm a skeptic. I'm in the camp of belief. Our minds are powerful in ways we don't fully comprehend and can cause some creepy things to happen. Or at least what we think happen. That said, I've had two instances in my life that stand out that I don't have an, any explanation for. One I shared on the Creepy Club Facebook page because I was recording video at the time. I don't think the video does what happened justice. I'm going to have to go back through and look for that because I don't remember that. Here is the story. Myself and a group of friends were on a haunted Alton tour, which we definitely need to do. That's 
Oh, and aside from me, absolutely. And um, we need to have that Troy guy. Oh yeah, Troy. Uh, that guy, Troy guy that writes all the books. Troy we Taylor. Need, yeah, do one of his tours. Yeah, for real. Uh, guides by guided by previous guest of the show, Len Adams. <gasps> Len. Uh, we were so nice. Love him so much. We were in a church. Um, one of the last stops of the night. We were about to leave and everyone was just milling around. Our friend Mike said, it's colder over here. And we walked down a short hallway away from the area of the group. We were outside a locked office. We couldn't see anything in the window of the door. The coldness went away. So we turned around and headed back towards the group. And that's when it felt like someone right behind my head exhaled icy breath. I jumped. People around me screamed. It was an adrenaline rush to say the least. Uh, I don't like that at all. Me neither. I did well on the uh, Campbell House tour. I had that. Um, <laughs> I did have that one ghost. I was like, "Ooh, it's suddenly so cold," and it turned out to be a AC vent ghost. But yeah, it was my. It's my favorite ghost so far because it was real stuffy in there. I was like, I don't think there's a single molecule of oxygen left in this hallway. Yeah. I was pretty sure I was going to suffocate. This is also from Brandon. He says, instance number two. I've not told many people about this. It happened in an old theater, the Avon Theater in Breezy, Illinois, to be exact. I was the technical director on the board of the local theater group for a few years there. It was late, dark, and I was alone working on sound equipment. I was finishing up about to leave, so I had very little lights on in the place. I was walking down one of the aisles of seats to go towards the stage when it happened. I didn't see anything, but it felt like something walked straight through me. I instantly felt sad, scared, and my eyes welled up with tears. I found it hard to breathe, and I was panicked. Then, just as quickly as it happened, it stopped. I was still freaked out, but whatever came over me wasn't there anymore. I yelled out loud to an empty room, I was sorry, and briefly left. I never worked alone in the theater again. I also made sure the stage tradition of having a ghost light out during times the stage was not in use started to happen. You theater folks. <laughs> Thanks, Brayden. Those were great. Yes, I like. Okay, Kevin. Yes. Story number two. Let's hear it. Story number two. All right. So maybe, I think two years later, in Montana again, uh, my family went to Montana every year for a while. Virginia City, Montana has a few haunted houses. Uh, I can't remember which one it was anymore. But I went and I instantly just had bad feelings. And I didn't know what they were. And I kept feeling like I was saying stuff. And it was hard to say what I was saying. How old were you? Eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was my last time I had like a ghost experience too. Or when I would consider a ghost experience. I kept kind of seeing stuff out of the corner of my eye and not understanding what I was seeing. I kept just getting the bad feeling. And I kept feeling like I was healing like a female. And that's all I knew. And basically at the beginning of the tour, they started to give the history of the place. And it was about a mom who killed a few of her kids. Mm. And I, it was just enough for me at that point. And I said, I was done with the tour. And I went and I just waited outside for the rest of the time. Uh, not too exciting, but I definitely believe I felt something and saw something, but not completely. Yeah. 
I find that interesting considering your age. Like, I, I think that it's a well-known thing among paranormal enthusiasts that, like, children tend to experience things a lot more than adults do because they, they're more open to the possibility. Yeah, like it, I was going to say that when you said that you were about that age was the last time you saw anything. Right. I think that that's common. That's also kind of the age that people tend to be like, I don't know if I believe in well, Santa anymore. Exactly. It's like you I turned off part my, of your imagination. I can talk and, myself out of stuff and rationalize myself. Yeah, your rational development sort of overrides that openness. Well, and uh, we can cut this out if you don't want me to talk about it, but when we were at the um, house at the Botanical Gardens, um, I was... We were standing in this hallway upstairs and they were talking about the children that had lived there. And and I just, I felt like somebody was watching us. And I didn't say anything because I, I you know, I'm, you know, I'm a believer, but, and I, sometimes I'm like, well, I'm just talking myself into it. But um, later on, unprompted, Kevin said like, you know, I kind of did feel something weird in that house. And I was like, I did too. When we were standing upstairs, and he's like, yeah. And so, like, I don't know, that felt validating. and Yeah, it was only in that one spot, too. You know, yeah. Like, it could have been there was a weird draft, or it could have been anything, but... Right. Like said, it felt like watching. It felt like, I don't know, like a camera was on us or something. Yeah, I kept looking around, like, looking for something. I don't know. It was, it was a little creepy. I'll have to look and see what it is, psychologically, that makes our brain know when someone's watching us yeah i've read because about this recently i feel like but it's a really unusual i mean to me it's not an unusual phenomenon i mean it happens all the time yeah but i just think it's a really interesting phenomenon yeah. like you're using your senses in a way that you don't typically right i mean well if you're not sighted you're probably fairly familiar with this yeah. process but well, for how many how people like who don't have that that um disability yeah you know where they're leaning heavier on other senses we're just so um people who are sighted are so tuned in visually i think probably more than anything else yeah to sense something in an alternative way is kind of surprising yeah because it's not typically hearing it's something else yeah it's like that, um, it's almost like sense of touch, but nothing's touching. And what makes your brain know that? I think it's interesting. Yeah, totally. What I found was interesting was that I just found out recently deaf people, they're like teaching the younger deaf people how to use echolocation like bats to make uh, audible clicks. That's a bad ass. Yeah, and bat I, ass. At first I didn't believe it. <laughs> And I, I looked into it, and that's a lot of the, what they're doing with the tapping of the cane. It's not just to feel stuff, but is to hear the sound it bouncing off. But now they're teaching kids to make audible clicks, and uh, and they're actually using echolocation. And to me, that's it's just dope. incredible that you can adapt to that point, because it's something I thought that there's no way we could possibly do. I would imagine that people have been doing that in one way or another intuitively 
Well, that's what I'm saying. When you might feel that sense, it might just be you're in, in tune with something you don't realize. You know, they're taking advantage of it. We're not taking full advantage of it, but you might still have that small, just like hearing of their breathing subconsciously you can't feel. I don't know. I know exactly the feeling that you get from it, but it's the... Uh, yeah, I just don't really know how it works. I'm sure I that wish. there's... I'm sure it's been studied. It's such a common phenomena. Okay, so I have one final story to end on, and it is like my favorite story that I've ever heard. This oh, is from this is okay. from a, a friend of mine, Claire, who I used to work with at Opera Theater. Hi, Claire. It's very Hi. good to hear from you. Oh, uh, that's so sweet. She's super dope. I my friends tell me about listening to the podcast, but they don't write in. Yeah, I haven't talked to Claire in years, so it was really cool that to find out that she was a listener. Yeah, that is really cool. Okay, I so, guess my friends are not review people or something come on hi come on heidi's friends yeah do it i know you're listening don't make me say your names now i'm like ira glass (laughs) now i'm trying to bully people into leaving reviews oh i hate the way he does that on the pledge tribes anyway go ahead hey yeah i just wanted to share with you the time my departed friend went buzz in the night starting a little heavy last year one of my dearest friends was murdered which, oh, yeah. Um, my condolences. Yeah, thank you for the preemptive. Yeah. Uh, shock. Right. So, shock is coming. Holy crap! I'm so sorry. She says, um, which I'm not going to go into, except to say that her killer was caught quickly. So good. We're, we're glad about that. Good. I hope they set him on fire. Not. <laughs> Not long after her death, I was at her house with her son, sorting through drawers and cabinets and choosing mementos. Our conversation had grown heavy and sad, and after a long pause, he suddenly recoiled from the drawer in front of him. What is it? I asked. It it just started vibrating, he said. I had no idea what he was talking about, so I walked over, looked in the drawer, and saw, tied up in a white handkerchief, three vibrators all buzzing at full force. And we laughed a little nervously, and I said, it's cool. I'll handle them. So I untied this sex toy bindle. <laughs> That's the name of my new punk band. Oh, um, my God. Sex toy bindle. I'm going to play the tambourine. I know so that's I, not typical punk, but I'm playing the tambourine. So I untie the sex toy bindle, go to adjust the power dials, and see that all three bullet eggs are turned off. What? Um, I said, none of these are powered on, and he and I shared a look before I fiddled with the dials and stopped the vibrating. We laughed again and reflected that, given her sense of humor, of course, this is how she would choose to lighten the mood. And the vibrators buzzed to life again. Oh my god. Damn it, I yelled with a chuckle and went to work on the dials. We removed the batteries after that. The rest of that afternoon was a little bit lighter, and I know my friend had lingered at least long enough to have a laugh by putting some magic back into her magic bullets. (laughs) That. Thank you so much, Claire. That was amazing. Claire, I believe that 100%. You're a very good writer, too. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I was like having an empathy crisis at the beginning of that story I know, and then it and then it turned around and it, now it's isn't that great it's a yeah great story i was like on. oh my god i feel like i need to call claire and see if she's okay <laughs> and <laughs> i was feeling really concerned about her and i was like how old is the son yeah yeah 
So happy Halloween, everyone. Thank you, yes. everyone to, who wrote in. Thank you, Kevin, for being on the podcast. Thank Thanks, Parrot Man. It we'll was awesome. You, we'll have you back sometime. Um, if you have any good stories, send it to us and we'll read them on the pod. Uh, you can tweet us at Creepy Club Pod or you can email us at creepyclubpodcast at gmail.com. You can like us on facebook.com slash creepyclubpodcast or you can follow us on Instagram at creepyclubpodcast. You can follow me at risboomba, R-I-S-B-O-O-M-B-A-H. <laughs> it's getting real late. Um, you can follow Heidi at creepyclubheidi. If you want to read the meeting minutes, we'll, we'll post some pictures from the Campbell House and other places, maybe some from the, I took some at the Botanical Gardens and such and um we'll definitely share sarah robertson 80 on instagram her page on the meeting minutes which you can find at creepyclubpodcast.com uh please rate review and subscribe to us on itunes or whatever podcast app you prefer um tell your friends as well we would appreciate that thank you so much for listening and we hope you join us next time meeting adjourned see ya Happy Halloween! Ooh, spooky!